What a time of worship, friends. We hope you have been as blessed by what has occurred during this service as we have in putting it on. We are so thankful you've chosen to join us again here at Anthem Online. We are so grateful for you making this your home, whether this is your first time or you've been with us for months now. We so appreciate your support and continued giving back to all that we do here in ministry at Anthem. Wanted to let you know about a few things. Number one, if you are in the SoCal area, we have started registration for our July 31st EP concert. So much of the music we do here that you may not have heard anywhere else is because it's originals written by Pastor Josh himself. And we are ready to release our first album of original music and we want you to be a part of that concert. It's happening July 31st in the evening. It's a Saturday evening and we want you to join us. Please follow us on Instagram for more info if you are in the area and would like to register for that. Also, if you've been in the area and been attending on Sabbath mornings, you may notice that we are getting packed out, we are getting full. Well, plans are in the works and we've got some really exciting news we wanna share with you about that coming up, but not quite yet. Again, we're so grateful for you choosing to be here and being a part of this. We would love to connect with you on Instagram. We would love to connect with you here in person. We've got the coffee bar that you can see behind us that we would love to serve you from. So thank you for being here. Let's get into the message. Welcome to Anthem Online. It is truly good to be here with you and to see the spirit of the Lord and to hear the music that you have over here and wondering why we don't have that music on the other side. Someone say amen. Have mercy. <laughs> but it's truly good to be here. Let's bow our heads for prayer quickly. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this blessed day. We thank you for the Sabbath. We thank you for this time that we can come together to worship, to praise you, and to hear a word from you. Touch us, we pray, in the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. It was a week ago today that a young man lost his life on the 10 freeway near where I live in Beaumont, actually in Calamesa. His name was Jamarius, and during this past week, Pastor Joel and I had the privilege of ministering to his family during this very difficult situation. You see, he was driving from Louisiana, his first time in the state of California, going to Los Angeles to see all the sights and the scenes, but hit the back of a parked semi-truck right in Calamesa and lost his life. Pastor Jarrell and I had the privilege of going to visit, to pick up his aunts and his grandmother at the airport the other day. And we saw the pain that was obviously on their hearts and their souls as we went to the Loma Linda University Hospital where the doctors said that he was already brain dead. His mother wasn't there because she died when he was three years old and she was 23 years of age. So he was raised by his grandmother. And to see this dear, precious grandmother and his aunts weeping literally broke our hearts. But you know, Jarell and I thought that we were there to minister to them, but they actually ministered to us by the strength that they had and by the loving care that they had in their hearts. And even though young 21-year-old Jamarius lost his life in that accident, he was able to save the lives of others because when he was 16 years of age, he put on the back of his license 
that he would be a donor. So the other night, they had what's called the honor walk at the Loma Linda Hospital, where we met at one o'clock in the morning. And as they rolled his body in the, on the gurney from his room to the OR, all of the nurses, the doctors, the staff, they were right there lined up against the wall, paying honor to this person who was giving his life, the parts of his life, his organs, to save the lives of someone else. And his loved ones said, they said, you know, Pastor, we're so sad that he lost his life, and we're glad to know that someone else will live because he made that decision about six or seven years ago. They said that even though Jamaris lost his life, that his organs could be saved to serve someone else. And that's what it's all about today. Christ has saved each of us, brothers and sisters, and friends of mine here today, to save others. You know, one of my favorite songs is a song called Love Lifted Me. You, you, you know the lyrics to it. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to what? Rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, he lifted you, he lifted us, and now look at us. Safe we are. You know, the second verse says, well, the chorus says, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. The second verse says, all my heart to him I give, ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true merits my heart's best songs. Faithful, loving service too to him belongs. You know, those lyrics represent the situation that God found me in and that God found each one of you in. Now, you may say, well, we don't look quite that way today. No, we don't. Why? Because right now we're a little more sophisticated. We look well-dressed, well-educated, well-groomed, and spiritually mature. But if we are honest today, my friends, we must admit that somewhere along the way, God reached down, picked us up, grabbed us, and gave us a purpose and a hope for our lives. We were saved to serve. Someone say amen. amen. Now, someone is probably saying, you know, this really doesn't apply to me. It applies to someone else. Why? Because, you know, I'm a second, third, or fourth generation Seventh-day Adventist. I was born in the truth. I was even born holy. Someone say amen. As a matter of fact, I'm even vegan. But you know, the only problem with that line of thinking is that it ignores some very powerful and declarative scriptures. 1 John 1, 9, 1 8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It ignores Psalm 5, 51, 5, where David said, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And then Paul says right there in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, not some of us, for how many? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And he says, all are free, all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. But you know the scripture that best describes to me the human condition before our rescue is Psalms 40 and verse 1 through 3 where it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, 
and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Brothers and sisters, we have been saved to serve. I want you to know today that God is still in the business of saving or transforming the lives of people who in turn will reach out to serve others. Let me repeat that again. God is in the business today of saving or transforming the lives of people who in return will reach out to serve others. When we read about the life of Jesus in the Bible, we see an extraordinary thing. Everywhere that Jesus went, he transformed lives. He transformed lives. Someone say amen. Oh yes. Remember Peter, Andrew, James, Philip, and John, they were just ordinary fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. Paul was known as a Jesus hater. John the Baptist was a nomad. One man was a leper. A little girl was demon-possessed. Another was lame. Yet another man was blind. Thomas was a doubter. But after their encounter with Jesus Christ, they were transformed. What happened? Paul went from Jesus hater to Jesus lover. John went from a nomad to being on a mission. Peter went from hot-headed fisherman to passionate disciple. The lame walked, the blind saw, the unclean leper was healed and clean. And old brother doubting Thomas, you know what happened to him? He became a believer. Someone say amen. amen. You know, it's interesting to note that none of these encounters with Christ happened in a beautiful church building like this. As these people's lives were transformed, they became witnesses to Christ Jesus. After Christ departed, he left them his spirit. When his spirit indwelt them, they became the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, they formed the church. Some of us, you know, have forgotten that the church, the real church, is meant to thrive outside of these beautiful structured walls by serving others and being a means of God's grace to those in need. If you believe it, let me hear you say amen. amen. If there's one thing that this pandemic has taught me, it is this. We do not have to be in a building to have church. And also, it's taught me that we do not have to be in a building to transform lives. You know, sometimes... We in the church have been guilty of assuming that we are a landmark for sightseers. We say, come and see our worship. Come and see our Savior. Come and see our great, deep, and intellectual people. Come and see our state-of-the-art sights and sounds of our church. Someone once said, we are, not, we are called to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. The reality is, though, today, brothers and sisters, the reality is that most people are not converted in a church. More prayers of salvation are made in someone's car, in their home, or on a prayer line than in a church building. You know, there are two main reasons that the unchurched remained unchurched. Number one, either they consider the church is irrelevant, meaning it has no applicableness to their own lives, or number two, they mistakenly think that the church is only for insiders. So, so, so instead of being critical of our friends or our family who don't worship God the way we do, we need to realize why the church is not as contagious as it should be. 
We forget that we were saved to serve, not saved to observe or saved to be served. Have mercy. We may not realize we're doing this, and we certainly don't want people to stay on the outside without finding a way in, but we haven't done what the Bible tells us to do, which is really simplistic and not that difficult at all. We are commissioned by God to go out and seek the law. Someone said we need to go out. Go out and seek and save the lost. Now, if the unchurched are going to know that the church is relevant and that there are no outsiders, then we must go out. This principle is rather ironic in the first place because the Bible never employs the word church to describe a building. The word church in the Bible never refers to brick and mortar and lights and sound systems and, 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 and all these beautiful things we have around us now. In Scripture, church simply refers to the community of believers. Someone say amen. amen. It refers to the people, not the place. The first church buildings weren't even built or constructed until maybe three or four hundred years after Christ was here. So when the, New Pest, when the New Testament was written, there were no church buildings. Evangelism is what? Evangelism is sharing the good news about Jesus. Now, of course, we can evangelize in the church, and praise God, sometimes we do. But in the New Testament, no one ever came to Christ inside a church building. No one was ever evangelized inside a church building. Why? Because they didn't have them. People made faith in their commitment to Christ in jail cells, in their homes, out in fields, on the open roads. One man came to Christ sitting on his chariot. You remember that story? One woman came to faith in Christ by just standing by a well. People decided to follow Christ at work in their courtyards or on the mountainside. The church has been sent by Jesus to go to the unchurched and tell them the good news. That's a simple instruction given by Jesus over and over again in the New Testament. And you know, the church is most effective when we follow Jesus and seek to be a servant in our communities. So we should be helping to feed the poor, share the love of Jesus, and be a means of grace to everyone by building new relationships and modeling God's love. As disciples of Christ, we just don't do church, but we become the church. Someone say amen. amen. We must be emotionally physically and spiritually ready when we go to reach out. That's why we come to church. The church building provides a central location for us to gather together and worship to God, which helps us to grow spiritually and emotionally. The praying together strengthens us, and the exposure to God's word prepares us spiritually. You know, the church is like a football team in a huddle, preparing and strategizing. But the game is not played in the huddle. The game is played on the field. Now, I got a feeling someone here will be awfully mad if they paid three or $400 to go to a football game and they huddled the whole time and never went out on the field to play. You want your money back, right? Hmm. The communities that we are called to serve, they want genuine transformation, saints. They're not looking for feel-good platitudes. They're asking difficult questions. Where is God when police brutality is happening in the streets? Where is God when children are living in poverty, they ask? 
Where is God when 4 million have died worldwide from COVID and 600,000 in the U.S.? Where is God apparent in my life, they ask. Where is the church when the hurricanes and tornadoes rip through our cities? Where is the voice of the church on the issues of injustice, homelessness, classism, racism, ageism, sexism? We may not be able to answer all of their whys, but when we are there at their point of need, we become the answer to their questions. We are there helping to rescue them from the flood, praying for the sick, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, providing shelter for the homeless, offering the ministry of presence to a person or a family in crisis, bringing comfort to someone whose loved one just died, tutoring a child, providing meals on wheels, speaking up for the voiceless. You know, today, quite often, healing comes, the healing of God comes through the people of God. That's you and me. In those moments of service, God is working through us. We're his hands. We're his feet. We're his eyes. We are his heart. This is what we do when we truly understand that we have been saved to serve. Friends of mine, God wants to do a new thing through his people. And like the military, he's looking for a few good men or women who would take up the challenge to do great exploits for the kingdom by reaching out to serve humanity. You know, my mother always says that she would rather see a sermon any day than hear one. She said she'd rather see a sermon any day than hear one. And personally, I grasp concepts much better by seeing practical examples than just hearing theoretical postulations. In reality of that, I've invited a friend of mine, Sister Ash Reynolds, to briefly share how God inspired her to start a ministry called Read and Feed Belize. Well, Sister Ash, thank you for being with us today so much. Thank you. Now, I realize that by profession, you're a professional marriage and family therapist, but God has laid on your heart a powerful ministry. What exactly is Read and Feed Belize? Breathe and Keep Bleeds is a nonprofit organization, and we strive to deliver health, wellness, quality education, and religious activities to underprivileged children and the elderly that are in Bleeds. What in the world prompted you to even start a ministry like this, especially so far away in Belize? Well, my grandmother, Emma Reynolds, she actually founded Carmelita Village, which mm -hmm. is the area that we serve. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so interesting because you know, one time I did a trip there and I came back and I said, okay, I have to get books for the kids. So I sent mass emails to a lot of different churches. And mm -hmm. Loma Linda was the first that emailed This church, Loma Linda? Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. They said that they would donate Sabbath school lessons. Um, so, you know, imagine like I get to please, I have all these lessons in my, I overpack, so I have a big luggage. So I have this big suitcase, and there's lessons, there's crayons, and all these things. Mm -hmm. And then the guy at customs, he's like, are you a Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> and I was like, no, but I am a witness for Jehovah. Amen, amen. <laughs> amen, amen. Amen. <laughs> wow, that's, <laughs> you were witnessing right there to that man. Have mercy. That's something. So let me ask you, let me ask you. So. When you guys started with this ministry, was everything in place? I mean, did you have all the money you needed, all the resources, all of the support? Not at 
all. That's mm. just like the story I just shared. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really about just having faith and like you guys were singing, it touched my heart. Anthem is beautiful. I have to say that, by the way. Amen. Um, Amen. But the battle belongs to the Lord. So just have faith and something for your heart. So even though you didn't have everything, everything in place, you didn't have all the money, by faith you said, Lord, if you say go, I'm going to go and trust you, and he's blessed you. Amen. Someone say amen. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Amen. Now, you know, um, um, I've looked at your website a number of times, readandfeedbelize.org, and I've just been overwhelmingly impressed by what God is doing, using you to minister, to provide food, to provide um, clothing, to provide reading and educational stuff. So somewhere along the way, you must have faced some sort of challenges. How do you stay focused? Um, I just really think about my love for Christ, his love for me, and then I think about the kids and my love for them. Wow. So as long as you keep your focus on who sent you, why you're there, nothing can deter you. Right. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Have mercy. <laughs> Now, you know, I'm sure there may be people who are here right now, uh, people uh, who may be watching online, who will be watching, who have had that impression in their spirit to do something great for God, to maybe to start a ministry, to start something. But fear, doubt, lack of resources, uh, no support from family or friends, you know, the haters, whatever. (laughs) That may be stopping them. What would you say to them? I would say, like Nike, just do it. Amen, amen. <laughs> and go. And you know, the Bible is our culture. And just, just look at Jesus as an example. And the Bible says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Ash. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Someone say amen. Amen. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. So that lets me know that God has something for all of us to do. We just have to be about the work of doing what he's called us to do, and he will provide everything that we need to make it happen. So no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. The question that we must each ponder today is this. What can I personally do as a disciple of Christ to be an agent of change in my community? What can I do to alleviate suffering in the sphere of my influence? Realizing that I've been saved to serve, how can I best serve those in need? Now this week, we invite you to participate in our, in our Live Out Challenge. And here's the challenge. Volunteer in an outreach ministry in your local area or ask God, like he did Ash, to inspire you to create a new ministry knowing that he will give you everything that you need to be successful. Prayerfully choose a ministry that you are passionate about and make note of how serving others blesses you. Friends, as we come to a close, when Jesus returns to take us home, it is my sincere prayer that we will hear the words that Jesus spoke himself in Matthew 25, 34, where he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom of God prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you cared for me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we do these things for you? 
And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. Friends of mine, may we always remember that we have been saved to serve. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been saved to serve. Dear Father in heaven, we are grateful for this time today. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit that has spoken to our hearts today. We pray that you will bless us as we go forth from this place, never the same again. But to be sure to remember that because we were saved and we will go out and save, we will go out and serve and reaching out to those who you bring around our pathway, Father, that we may be a light in our communities. This is our prayer in the blessed name of our best friend, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Thank you again for joining us at Anthem Online. We know that you have a choice. You have a plethora of options of what you can, can take part in as far as online church goes. And you've chosen us, and that is so meaningful. We know that many of you are regular viewers and are regular participants in our service through this online environment. And if I'm speaking to you, I want you to know that there is a tangible way that you can get involved. That tangible way is by giving through finances. Everything you see takes money, and that money comes from you. If you are ready to give, we would encourage you to do it in two simple ways. One, texting 77977 with the word LLUC. You should see it here on the screen. Or you can visit on the LLUC website by visiting lluc.org give. If this is your first time, however, this is not a space where we are asking you for anything. We want you to come and worship and enjoy and decide if this is your online community. With that said, we hope you've been blessed. We thank you again for being here with us, and we can't wait to see you next week. Have a wonderful week.